Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide here. Happy Memorial Day as this is Memorial Day and I'm giving you a quick update on the Vectronics Terrapin X. Had it out on Saturday. Had a real good time with it. Also was out with Chris from Leviathan Suppressors. Want to thank him for coming out to Colorado and coming by. Uh, we've been using the Leviathan Suppressors. I've been pretty religious with the Ghost. He has two versions of it. The Reaper, which is the 9-inch, and the Ghost is a 6 and 3-quarter inch. I've had great results with the uh, the Ghost on my 6.5s and stuff. I tend to shoot a lot of the 30 cal suppressors on 6.5s. I think they work out really well. You don't have to have a dedicated 6.5 caliber suppressor. So... um you know, that that's a good thing. But I'm going to talk about the Leviathans. I want to talk about the Tika and the upgrade stuff, and then especially the Terrapin. But again, a shout out to everybody on Memorial Day. Uh, driving out to go grab some lunch today. It was amazing how busy the cemetery here was. It was almost like we have a park on the end of the street, and on the weekend, the park is always packed. You know, tons of people at this park, um, which is great. You know, uh, ball fields, the whole thing. Well, this weekend... The cemetery up the road looked just like that. There was so many people camped out at this at the cemetery. It was really refreshing to see, um, and especially because the weather's not that great here today. We're we're expecting some thunderstorms and some rain, so it's been pretty overcast uh, for that. Also, a quick shout out uh, to Regina Milkovich. I understand she won the K and M match out in Tennessee. Something like 290 shooters, and she smoked the field. So good for her. This is a, I believe this is her second big national win. Um, she's a fantastic uh, competitor and, and a great shot and everything. Great ambassador to the sport. So congrats to Regina Milkovich on that win. This week we'll be heading up to Colville. Hopefully I can knock out some podcast stuff while I'm up there. I'm gonna be filming and doing some stuff with Steve Damron. With the Predator Dynamic Solids and stuff, Steve's got a new 6.5 Solid coming out. I've shot a lot of his solids in the past, and he's doing some work uh, with some guys we met at SHOT Show. So we're going to be talking about Steve's solids and things up there. We got uh, all the kids that'll be shooting, as usual, with the Sniper's Hide match. A uh, lot, lot of uh, juniors and younger kids shooting. It's a good event for new shooters, and I really dig the field stuff. I'm kind of not, you know, other than doing the Pawnee match and things like that, I'm I'm not as big a fan anymore of the square range PRS 90 second stages. I, I like the more practical field and even to the ELR side of things. I like the, the field stuff with the ELR um, side. So that that to me, it, it, it's a much more practical match than sort of the game gamesmanships of doing things uh, different than everybody else. So uh, no, definitely good shout out though. A uh, K and M just knocks out so many people, man. They they blitz through their stuff with an army of uh, range officers that they have. I mean, it's it's so much easier when you have your own range and it's dedicated and every and infrastructure is built. When you move around like we've been with the Sniper's Hide stuff for years and we go to these field courses, it's a little bit harder because you can't leave stuff set up. You can't, you know, you can't just build an infrastructure and, and then walk away from it because we're just not using the ranges that way in these field events. The 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 thing with the Colville match, it's it's find it, range it, engage it through the trees, using natural obstacles, going through, and this is where the Terrapin and with Vectronics is going to be there, is this really great kind of deal because it, it's kind of, it, it equates back to the military, it equates back to hunting, and it brings the two together and it sort of steps back from your typical square range competition side of it, you know. Kind of weird how many people are contacting me today. It's like, it's Memorial Day. My phone has been blowing up today. It's just so strange. But again, with the with the Vectronics and stuff, it just showed up Friday night. I mean, I got tools again. It, 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 it's, it's funny, man. It's like, so I posted a first look. It says first look video. And 
I purposely hesitated with the Terrapin putting it up on YouTube. I filmed it and did everything on Saturday morning, had that stuff up for Sunday morning, posted on Sniper's Hide and using our uh, video, and I even put it on full 30. Well, then I put it today on YouTube, and it's like, what a shitty review. It didn't even go into detail. It's like, it's less than 12 hours old. I just wanted to get out and try it, and it's a rangefinder. I did an article. There's features, publications, all this other stuff about it. So if you want details on the Terrapin, if you want to know the beam divergence, 12 times 0.05 mm, uh, mils, right? 12 times 0.05 MRAD, uh, and stuff like that, and what the range is, it's like, go read the article. Instead, they have to give these kind of flip it. I, I get... So it's it's amazing. I mean, that's probably me. I get it because I'm I'm a little bit out there and I'm brazen with stuff and I'm this social hand grenade. But I get so many disrespecting posters on places like YouTube and stuff who are just completely ugly about shit. And then they wonder why I'll I'll say something back to them like "fuck off," you know? It it's like they're so beyond disrespectful, you know? Stuff like, "Oh, this would be a great review if it wasn't given by a midget." You know, it, it, it's like, really? I mean, come on, guy. It, it, it's, it, I don't know. Uh, anyway, back to the Vectronics. Uh, it's just, it, it's it, it's stuff going off and I'm trying to prevent my phone from signaling like it's been. Because like I said, people have been texting and uh, calling all day on stuff. And it's like, it's a holiday. You know, you got to, you know, I don't have time today. I was out and all that. So with the Vectronics, I like it. It's lighter than the original Terrapin. Okay, ranging wise, it seemed to match the original Terrapin pretty well. I think beyond 2500, the original was a little bit better, and that might be a product of the etched reticle versus the LED. I personally don't think LEDs line up as well. I think the aiming point is off. Where I don't see that with the Vectronics with the etched reticles. It's usually that etched reticle is so small, you put it on and you're you're guaranteed to hit that target regardless of size. When you look at some of the bigger donuts that are out there with the LED reticles, and we talked about this, finding out where your laser actually hits within the space of that donut that they give you. And it's not always in the center. It's rarely in the center. So with the Vectronics, it has a smaller LED reticle and the whole thing. So it, it works out good. It reads pretty well in there. There's the Bluetooth connection. There's the, the LED. There's the uh, readouts in angle. There's the readout in uh, other... You know, as far as the, the corrected range, the angle, the azimuth, things like that. When you connect to your Kestrel Elite, it does update all of that information to the Kestrel. So it's not just updating the range. It also updates the angle to target and it uh, the, or the degree to target, the direction of fire, the angle the target is a slope angle, and... Um, there's oh the the azimuth it, it'll give you the azimuth too so uh there's it's filling in all of that information for you so it, it does add just a little bit more now I cannot and I have not been able to connect it to the Garmin the 701 I've been trying all morning to connect it to the Garmin Bluetooth wise the the Garmin only shows like a heart rate monitor a bike speedometer a bike pace count. And then a, a Tempe or something, and I don't know what that is. I'd have to look it up. A VRB and a Tempe, and I tried turning those other things on in terms of the Connect goes, but I haven't gotten it to recognize the Vectronics yet. I'm going to write them and see if there is something that I can do to get it to connect because that would be sweet. I really like the Garmin um, as far as the screen size, what you can do and all that stuff and the way it reads out, I think it's really convenient to have it there in place of like an arm bar. But the, the Kestrel connects directly to the Vectronics. Now, I was able to get man-sized stuff. Uh, I, I had my plain old targets. I did range a cow. Somebody asked me if I shot anything living. I shot a cow and I got a cow at like 12, 1500 yards. Um, it ended up getting it. So I was able to range a cow. 
I would probably say if you're going with something living about 12, 1500 is your max um, with that, unless you could tag the ground or something close to it. You know, there, there's always that. When, when, when a target doesn't present a good opportunity, look for something on the same plane that you could range that might reflect better rocks, vehicles, houses, poles, pen, you know, posts, anything like that where the, ref- the reflective nature is a little bit better. But I found that the Terrapin X uh, trends exactly with the original uh, Terrapin, the original Vectronics, and the connectivity kind of boosts it up. As well, with that $1,800 retail pricing, you're getting more features with just a good laser. And and they went outside. Sar- uh, it's S-A-F-R-A-N, Safran or Sarafan. Uh, however they say it, um, you, you know, they um, they did go outside to like Leica. There's a lot of conversation that, oh, Leica made it. It's just a Leica. Well, it's really not. I mean, it's just like you can spec a scope out to your things. Well, you can spec other things too. The fact that they're using a known commodity like Leica, I mean, a lot of companies, there's only so many that make this stuff. Let's be honest. And do we want a $3,000 unit or do we want an $1,800 unit? If they can bring the price point in and the accuracy is there at $1,800, who cares where they make it? The optics on it are gorgeous, which is probably a Leica deal. I mean, when you look at that 8X in the pictures that I posted of the through the scene, it, it just looks so dang good. So I'm no longer in the zone of worrying about where something is made. I mean, if if they if it has a a noticeable difference, well then yeah, okay, then you go to okay, well this one's made here and this one's made there. If you look at the original Terrapin, which, you know, according to Vectronics back in the day, they were losing about $400 a unit on it. It it was just a straight up laser rangefinder. It was the, you know, there's the PL um, yeah, the, the, the PLRF laser rangefinder, right? The 10, the 10 Charlie, the 15, the 15 Charlie, the 25 Charlie. You have all those. Well, the Terrapin was the 05. It was the baby model of the um, Vectronics lineup. Well, now this one is including that Bluetooth connectivity, the little bit more as far as features go with the angle, the azimuth and all this stuff. So very similar to your Charlie models with the compass and all that. I mean, you can buy a 10 and a 10 Charlie. The 10 did one thing, the Charlie did another, the 15 and the 15 Charlie. That's for the compass and the connectivity and the cabling and all that. So, you know, it's not that far of a stretch to realize that Vectronics went to the Terrapin X and they added in all this connectivity. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm actually, I, I like what they did with it. I'm going to have it in Colville with me. I'm going to take it up there and be shooting all the targets and be ranging everything. So it should work out really, really well. And, and I'm looking forward to being able to use it in a field match where you have to find it, range it, engage it, especially because it is a field with the slope angles and things like that. It's going to be interesting to see how those slope angles work and everything. And I want to kind of jump into an angle thing because I guess somebody posted a bunch of stuff on angles and stuff today. So my phone's been blowing up questions on angles. And and it's like, okay, well, what is that about? But anyway, uh, again, it's it's the straight line and put the slope in. Don't do the corrected with your software. So if you're using software and you're using like that, don't put the corrected range in. Use the straight line range and then the angle for the software and not the corrected distance. That will mess everything up. But going back to the Terrapin, going back to what we're looking at and everything that's happening there, honestly, it's it's a good unit. for it. it it's it, And people are asking about the AB2400 and the whole thing. Well, the... Um, the, the the SIG is an excellent product, okay? The SIG works. The SIG gets my mile target from a thing the same way. The SIG includes weather in there, right? It has a meter inside of it. It gives you all the information. You link your phone and put it all together, put, build your profile. From a single button push with the SIG, you're getting a result 
a solution, a firing solution, right? Where the Vectronics isn't doing that. So you have to determine, number one, the SIG's going to be smaller. It's cheaper. It's got a lot of stuff. But the Vectronics has a known kind of, as far as lasers go with the conditions. I think the donut on the SIG's a little bit big, but I like what the SIG does. I've had really, really good luck with the SIG AB. Um, you know, but I am liking this Vectronics because it's one of those deals where even if I go to a known range like Pawnee or something like that, I can range a target, update my Kestrel and get the firing solution that way and have corrected data. You know, they tell us, well, that target's uh, 312. What was it, 312 or 308? Or is it 315? You know, there's all, when people set the targets up, they set them up in roughly the same place. They don't always put them in the same place every time. So the data may be repeating itself from month to month, but that doesn't necessarily mean the target is in the same spot. So it's a good confirmation. And, you know, I'll, I'll interact between the, the, the SIG. And I, really, I think all SIG's products in the last three years have been fantastic. I think SIG's done a hell of a job in the long range laser rifle scope uh, kind of place that that I, I like the Tango 6s. I've moved people over to Tangos from other scopes. Uh, I've had people come in and take a class and say, hey, I'm getting like the AccuTrack or what is it, the um, the Trigicon. And, and they're, oh, I'm going to buy the Trigicon scope. It's like, no, get that SIG over there. Buy the SIG. I like the SIG better. I like the leveling plex in the SIG. And I like the 2400. I like the 2000s, man. If you can't afford... And all that, although they're saying now, and I haven't tried it, I'm, I've been waiting for it, and they emailed me the Nikon. You know, I've been waiting for that because there's been such great reviews with the Nikon, but I've yet to have hands-on because they said they were sending one, and it just hasn't shown up yet. But the SIGs, to me, have worked really well for what they are. You know, you go buy a, a $200, or what is it, two to 400 bucks for the 2000 the Kilo 2000 it works to a thousand yards. It's a decent little laser. Is it this, you know, ELR go past the thousand? No, but it's not meant to be. The 2200 goes to like 12, 1500, depending on your conditions. It's a really good laser. The Kilo, I've had no problem hitting a man-sized target to a mile with it. Does it fall down a little after that? Do you need bigger targets, more reflectivity? Yes, you do. Now, if you're a guy who wants to shoot and range targets to a mile, maybe even a little beyond, we'll say to 2,400, the kilo, or not the kilo, the, yeah, the kilos are not going to be the best option. The Vectronics Terrapin is your better option. If you want a little bit better on harder targets inside our normal working ranges, well, then you go for the one that, that ranges better farther. You know what I mean? Inside, you'll get those smaller targets, those tighter ranging situations. But when you start to get outside the beam divergence in, in the distance, well, then they fall apart a little bit and you need a bigger target. Like SIG, or not SIG, I'm going to back up. Vectronics advertises that Terrapin X to hit a two meter square target at 2,000 meters. Two meter square. That's a good sized target, but that's the spec. For the ELR shoots too, if you think about it, that 36 inch square plate is roughly right in that two meter size target. So if you're going to do something ELR, your Vectronics is a much better buy. Now, if you're doing regular matches and you just want to back up and have a laser and if you're going to hunt, well, then the SIGs and the Kilos are really good buys for, the, you know, bang for their buck. They're, they're excellent, excellent lasers for the money. Like I said, I'm a fan of the SIG products, but... You know, going back with like these field courses, the, the Terrapin was so popular because it came out right when we were doing the Sniper's Hide field matches. We had just left Rifles Only. We started doing these field matches. They came out with the Terrapin. Everybody ran to the Terrapin because it was affordable. You were seeing guys like Gardner and those guys coming with the uh, the Vectronics, the Vipers, and the Twenty Ones. You know that cost ten to eighteen thousand dollars and smoking everybody. Well, then when that Terrapin came out at two thousand bucks, now all these people are in the game. They don't have to spend thirty six hundred on a ten or a fifteen. They were able to get the O five, 
for 2000 bucks. And it worked. It worked on everything. Even if we put targets beyond like we normally do, that twelve to 1,500 yards, it still worked. So definitely something to look at and understand that you get what you pay for in a lot of ways. And when you look at these advertised ranges and stuff, they're not always where, where you expect them to be. Uh, you know, you we see so many of these low-budget lasers fall down. And honestly, we were out at Mile High. After after I did the video and everything, Chris uh, from Leviathan wanted to go meet everybody at Mile High. And Mike happened to be working on Saturday, like I said. So we went out there and we threw the, the, the Vectronic, the Terrapin X, on a tripod. And we started hitting, you know, there's these water tanks there. We hit them at 2,600 there's houses across the way, and I don't know. We weren't we, the farthest range we hit was 32 on a house, okay. But we hit everything inside there, and, and you know, even like there was a light pole at like 18, and I hit the, I hit the light on the top at like 1800, you know. So I'm hitting all the yes, highly reflective targets in a lot of ways, but they it, it was picking them all up, and so we're running around mile high, which is looking out in the open and over the highway. You know, and then it was like, it was interesting because there was a street sign and the street sign was like 800 yards and the sign was horizontal and Mike had a problem ranging it. I jumped on it and grabbed it and immediately hit it. And he was like, well, where did you line it up on the reticle? And I said, well, I cut the the dashes in the center across at three and nine o'clock. I put those across and they hit and, and it was, it was on, you know? So you, you really got to look at this stuff and you got to there's a pattern developing with all the stuff we're talking about. And that pattern is you need to put in the work. You need to do your homework on this stuff and understand how the equipment works. None of this equipment is turn it on and you're ready to go. It all requires some kind of setup. You know, even with the Terrapin and the X, you go in and it's got from, you know, one, two, three to six button clicks to adjust things. I got to adjust the yards to meters, right? Because it shows up out of the box in meters. Six clicks, you got an option for yards or meters. One click to change to yards. Six more clicks to confirm it and lock it in. I want to go to the Kestrel, whether it says app or Kestrel. Three clicks gives me the choice, app or Kestrel. One click to change, three clicks to confirm. So there's a setup involved, and then you have to know where the, it, the laser is hitting on that reticle, right? So where are we seeing that stuff with the reticle? Where does it hit? And it's not a case of just pick it up, walk out your front door, and you know shoot a house. Yeah, anybody could do that. What, what about these smaller targets? What about these man-sized targets? What about the cows out there? Can you hit that stuff? So it takes some time to look at what the choices are and and not only the choices but how these these options work like this guy's upset that there's no review right this wasn't no detail no review it was a first look it says first look there's a clue right there i mean people are are, are amazingly stupid sometimes it's like what do you really expect what do you think is going to happen when you go out there you know, is it is can I go out the door, play with something for four hours, and then come back and say I'm all done? That's it. it this what it what I saw in this four, first four hours of playing with it is all I'm going to uncover. Well, no, that doesn't happen. That's why reviews. When when companies send me something for a review, I tell them ninety days, at a minimum, ninety days. If it comes out sooner, it, there's probably it'll be a first look thing like this. You know, and that's that's the fact of I need to beat somebody to market. You know what I mean? I want eyes on me before the other guy. There's a you know, every PRS guy and his brother who came in the top 10 is now a this, that, or the other thing, right? They're teaching, they're talking, they're videoing, they're all this stuff. And and you know, their 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 entire claim to fame is they came in the top 10 of a PRS match. You know, okay. Great, you know, and and they're good shots. They they understand, but there there's a, a bit of effort that goes into this stuff, and and you look at it and you say, well, 
what needs to be done? Well, the submenus on the Kestrel, linking it, setting it up. Well, you want to go in and you want to see, well, now that I put it down, do I have to relink it? Does it reconnect? Does it stay connected? Does it disconnect? You know, does it change the direction of fire? Does it change the azimuth? Does it change the slope angle? Well, yeah, I got to go in and look at that. When you look at the first screen, it's only showing you one thing. But then when you go into the target submenu, it shows you where it updates it. So now you you have an understanding of that target submenu. But it, it's one of the, you know, how do you knock something out quickly to let you know we're doing it, but at the same time provide as much detail for an informed opinion? You know, do I go buy it? Do I go this? Because this is this this guy's question. Well, I don't. Do I buy the Sig Kilo or do I buy the uh, you know, the Vectronics? One's fourteen hundred, one eighteen hundred. Which one do I get? Get whichever one you want. You know what I mean? There's they're different enough. One has software in it. One connects to software. One is range and azimuth and stuff only. One does a little bit of everything. It's like having a Kestrel in your laser. You know, uh, just no wind. And. So there all there's always going to be follow-up questions. And part of the deal is when something's coming out, there's limited information. We know just what the company teases, right? Then I get my hands on the product and I start going through. Well, over that time, that 90 days that I'm talking about, people know I have it. Hey guys, I have this product. It's gonna be about nine, it's probably not, let's say 45 days. I'm going to have a review as soon as I can. Well, now they start asking some detailed questions. I want to know about this. And you may get some guy that'll ask me, well, what's the battery life in, you know, minus 13 degree weather? Okay, dude, it's summer. You know, I can't tell you that. I don't know what the battery life's going to be in minus 13. You know, all the Alaska people, they always ask about battery life. Well, I don't have that same ability to go, especially now, to go and find out what is going to happen once it turns to winter in Alaska. I can't answer that. You know what I mean? It, it's, 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 it's an unknowable until we get into winter. Yeah, I, I can come out and come December, I'll probably have a zero degree day here or there. It's possible. But between now and December, it's going to be impossible for me to try that. So that's a question that keeps coming up that I'll ignore. You know, then somebody wanted to know, what's the beam divergence? Okay, here's the specs on it. And I posted them, I wrote them down. Okay, what about in scan mode? Do you know how fast is it? How long does it take? You know, guys asking questions. How long does it take when you hit the button before the Kestrel gives you a solution? Is it three seconds? Is it five seconds? Okay, I can tell you that. That's an answer I can make. Hey, does it connect to your Garmin? Because they saw me in the video, I had my Garmin on, right? No, it doesn't. I've been trying all day. I can't get it to connect. And I'm playing with it. But that's not something that I could do in the first day. Maybe I stumble upon a link somewhere where it says this is how you connect it. And I can now fix it. But that's going to happen over time. You know? So understand the dynamics of how reviewing a product works. How... You know, learning about it. I'm learning it like you are. I don't get a special class with Vectronics. Vectronics didn't come and give me a PowerPoint on Skype and say, here's everything about it. It showed up in the box. You know, hey, you'll have it on Friday. It shows up. I opened the box. I did the teaser. I took it out on, um, you know, uh, Saturday morning. I look at the instructions as best I need to to figure out the clicks and they have a quick start guide and things like that. So, okay, here's this, here's this. It's showing this, 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 and that. All right, cool. Well, then as you start to use it, you start to see things. You start to, hey man, it gets this target good, but it gets this target bad. This target's dark, this target's light. I can go out and paint the mild target black now and see how that works. That might be the next step in the review. You know, so don't get ahead of yourself. Don't get ahead of me on asking questions that take time to answer. You know, it's not a case where I'm five days a week, eight hours a day on the range. I have other things going on. I have, you know, web responsibilities. I have class responsibilities that I'm working on, tweaking PowerPoints and doing stuff, getting ready for classes. I have people asking me to create classes for them. You know, then I get into reviews, videos, and things like that. So 
What I try to do in between is I try to use it how I think you would use it, opening the box and doing it. In some cases, I try it without looking at the directions, see how user-friendly it is. Then I try it after I read the directions and see how much easier it might be. Then I go in and I start playing with it under various conditions, you know, so there's a process that I follow when it comes to doing a review. And honestly, I really dislike that first day I have it review, but again, it becomes a thing of competition. There's so many people out there trying to dethrone me or something or or to put stuff out and have things go viral and all that stuff. So it becomes a case of you got to be out in the market as soon as possible. You got to be posting something socially to let you guys know what's happening. But at the same time, understand it's not a commitment to a full review. So that's all. Uh, uh, I'm, uh, you know, uh, again, I want to go back to Chris with Leviathan. Options on suppressors. Like I'm shooting with one of the rifles I had with Chris. I had the Sully Arm suppressor. And, and Pete Sullivan from up there in Colville, I'll see him this week. He makes a damn nice suppressor. But so does Leviathan. Direct mount with the Leviathan. The 6 is like 12 ounces. The 9 is 16, I think. And for me, I don't. I know there's a lot of guys that get the 9s. I'm more of a fan of the shorter ones. And I think Mike and I talked about that where I said, well, the 5 would be great. The seven's been, you know, good enough. But you, you, again, go back to Mark and Alaska. Those guys love the 9s, man. But they also switch in with a lot of their hunting stuff is in the 300 mag range. If I was going to shoot a 300 Win Mag more, I'd get the 9. You know, Chris was shooting a 6.5 PRC. In fact, we took his 6.5 PRC to a mile. Really good stuff. It, you know, got him on pretty good. Um, he, he got four hits out there at a mile with that PRC. His 147s were going just shy of three grand or right at three grand. I mean, how do you beat that? A 6.5 147 at 3,000 feet per second. He had his 9-inch Leviathan suppressor on it. Sounds great, looks great, works great, re, uh, recoil, the whole thing, and um, which I got a funny story to tell you about this um, too. So it, it, I, I, my shoulder wasn't feeling that great, and I'm trying to kind of make it warm up, so I didn't shoot nearly as much as Chris did. So Chris comes out, we have the two suppressors, we're, we're going through with everything. I did a little recording with him, a little trying to get in, but he was super nervous, um, no biggie, you know, I'll edit it up a little bit for him. I wanted him to talk about his suppressors cause I had him there, but he, he was definitely camera shy. So I may just go redo it and just take some pieces of his saying something out and put it in. So it looks pretty good, you know, and that's another thing, you know, editing the video, I'm, I'm shooting little pieces of video. It takes four hours at a minimum to edit the five minute video that I put up. That was a minimum of four hours of editing. I got to color correct it. I got to splice it together. I got to play with it, make sure it's all good. You know the deal. So Chris then, um, uh, he's like, hey, can I shoot the Tika? My Tika and the Kdex, the one I'm getting ready for and all that. I'm like, absolutely, dude, shoot it. So he's shooting it and, he sh- and he's hammering with it. He's like nailing it. He's at the 1300 and eating it up. He goes to 14. He's eating all these targets up. He's like, wow, this thing really recoils nice. And wow, it just seems like it's right into your shoulder and Man, it just recoils in a straight line. And, and and he kept kind of bringing that up. And he's like, wow, why does this recoil the way it does? I said, dude, that's the left-hand gain twist. He never shot a left-hand twist rifle. He noticed it. And usually in the prone, you don't really notice it. At least I don't anymore. Not in the prone. I notice it positional. The left-hand tw- uh, twist barrels, you totally can notice it if you're paying attention. And with the suppressor and the whole thing, the way the recoil pulses, number one, you don't get the sound distracting you, right? Because the suppressor knocks it all down. But that that recoil pulse, because remember, recoil management's everything. Tells the barrel where the bullet's going to release, right? Or the barrel tells the bullet, right? However you want to, yeah, tells the recoil, tells the barrel where it's going to release the bullet, that. So anyway, so we do that. And I go into the shop at Mile High and I said, hey, Chris, tell these guys. And I had them tell. And they were like, no way, no way. Everybody was there. I was like, you can feel it. You can feel it. And it's like, I think you can. You know, like I said, I'm a little immune to it now because I have several of them. But if you if you shoot a left-hand twist rifle, you can feel it and it recoils 
straighter into your shoulder. It's lined. It doesn't, it's not trying to get away from you. It's it's staying in line with your body. And, and it's definitely something. But again, options out there. If you want suppressor, if you want to look at something that's not your typical, especially if you're in the direct thread mode. If you're a direct thread guy and you're not worried about a break or, you know, the and breaks aren't really QD, but if you don't want to do the break with the suppressor over the top, Leviathan, he has a really nice suppressor. It's 100% titanium. It's less than a thousand bucks. The nine inches like 995. The uh, six and a half is 895. It's a really nice suppressor. I'm enjoying shooting it. Same thing with the Sully Arms, man. The Sully Arms is a is a solid. Harkens back to the old Jets, the pre Thunderbeast, the 30P1s. It reminds me a lot of the those kind of staple suppressors. So if you're interested in getting something like that, you and you're not a brand guy, you just want something that works well. That Leviathan's working well. The Sully Arms is working well, and it they're different. You know what I mean? They're they're different enough. And, and they look good, they sound good, they feel good. Oh, 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 and I need to post this. I reminded myself, good thing. Somebody was saying there was a Leviathan thread and they didn't like his numbers. So I asked them about it. I'm like, dude, your numbers, everybody's bitching because your numbers are mega low. And he says, yeah, we did it from the ear. He didn't do a mil spec test because he felt we... He's not looking at military. He's not looking at law enforcement. You know, I guess you can always get it, but he's not looking to meet these standards that a mil spec test meets. So what he did was he suppressed at the ear and he figures as a shooter, as a guy competing and a lot of his clients and a lot of people who buy the Leviathan are PRS guys. He knows a lot of them in his area. He's in that Kansas, that most in that whole Kansas city uh, spot a lot of those guys are are comp shooters. So he did it. What he thought was most important to you and me versus, and he didn't do the mil spec. So I actually need to go post that that is not a mil spec test that he did, that it is at the ear and which is why his numbers look low. So there you go. The, that question was answered. You know, and that's one of those things that people will say, I never looked. I had the cans. I've been running it for a month now. I never looked on his website. I had no reason to go to his website. Him and I spoke um, through Messenger and, you know, he just, he shipped the cans a mile high. I put the cans on. I'm using them. I never went to his website. So, that you know, when people started questioning it, I said, I don't know. I don't know what he did. Let me find out. He'll be here. To, he'll be here tomorrow, you know. So, that's something that we looked at. That's something that, that we talked about. But again, this... What I'm doing, my mindset is there's so many options for you guys. There's so many ways I can spend your money. You know, there's so many things we can talk about. It's it's a little bit about weeding through what's out there, but I want to just give you kind of like the facts of the matter, how you and I would use it if we just went out to the range with it. You know what I mean? And I'm not doing the comparison model, like... People want to know, you know, the seven-inch Thunder Beast versus the six and three-quarter-inch Leviathan. They are so close to each other. I, you know, again, no break on the Leviathan. He only does uh, direct thread, and I like direct thread. I'm all about those. His DB numbers are from the ear. They're 100% titanium, and then you look at the price. Now, where I come in is I test accuracy I test repeatability. I don't care really about the sound because I'm shooting a full power load. And to me, in a precision rifle, sound suppression is silly. It doesn't really line up correctly because we're behind the rifle. And if you're on a line anyway, there's going to be 100 guys with breaks and things like that if you're shooting an event. But, you know, they're all, even when I've done them with like Thunder Beast, Ray and I have gone out. We've done at least four that I can think of off the top of my head full-blown meter tests with other cans where we've checked them across the board with each other they're usually 3 db maybe on a big end you got 6 db but less than 10 between suppressors there's a pulse and there's a sustain and they're usually really really close 
where they'll differ is, is a function of volume and tone. If I put a 9-inch can against the 7-inch can, the 9-inch can's going to sound better. Volume, right? Has more volume of the can, it's going to sound better. But if I take a 7-inch can and another 7-inch can, the thicker wall is going to have a better tone. So there'll be a tone in there that will, one sounds different, one, you know, one sustain is tinny, one is bassy. So bass sounds quieter than treble. You know what I mean? So it, it's that is what you're looking at in the sound dynamic of this stuff. Where it matters to you and I is accuracy, okay? Does this suppressor maintain my accuracy? What, what's my shift like? They're all going to shift. We've already said, we've already talked about you're hanging a weight on the end of your barrel. I don't care how light it is. If it's an 11 ounce suppressor, it's still 11 ounces of weight on the end of your barrel. If I go over and you're shooting a group and then I go to the very end of your muzzle, like one inch back and lay my finger on it and then tell you to shoot again, your bullet is going to shift. How much? is a function of your barrel, but it will shift. I mean, Jacob used to bring up this story about the Smithsonian, and I haven't been there to see it, but apparently there's this like giant bar stock with this hypersensitive meter on it, and if you put your hand on this like six-inch round piece of bar stock, it'll move the buttons on the meter. They have, you know, like some post on the thing. No matter how big the metal is, if you push on the middle, you're going to affect it. Your barrel is the same way. You hang something on the end, you're going to affect it. Now, some shift smaller than others. Some try to increase sound suppression by adding keys. So think of an old skeleton key, the circle with the rectangle down on the bottom, right? The, the key goes in the slot, old 1800s. They'll put a keys in those baffles. That helps with suppression of sound. But if you put too many keys, you mess with accuracy. It screws things up. So it becomes a balance. Do they put keys in to make it sound better? Or do they not put keys in to make it more accurate? You know, there's all these different schools of thought on internals of suppressors, on baffle design, monocore, you know, the baffle, the this, the, the design, holes here, holes not there, blast chambers, you know, all these different things create are helping to create turbulence, helping to quiet it down, and move the gases out of the way for the bullet. In that article we talked about on Sniper's Hide in the Spindrift section on the accuracy facts of precision rifles, turbulence in blast, muzzle blast, was such a big factor they found in 200-yard bench rest that they were looking at. So you have to kind of play with your suppressor that way, or you're, you're, they have to play with the suppressor to figure out how to maintain accuracy, how to get decent suppression out of it, but not mess up and create turbulence that screws the bullet up. You know what I mean? So it, it, it's a lot of dynamics that go into it. And it's this is why it's not a case of get a product on Monday, shoot it on Tuesday, review it on Wednesday. In my book, that does not work. That's not how we should be doing business. I don't like doing it. And I call it a first look, an initial impression. The Revic, initial impression. The Vectronics, the Terrapin X, initial impression. It's not my final word on it. I've talked about the Revic and what I think about it after having it and using it, talking with the company, seeing things, addressing things. Hey, what does this do? If I tap this, this happens. If I do this, this happens. If you're running along and you drop your rifle down on a barricade, will the HUD jump in that Revic? You know, it's possible that the interface between the turret and the display can skip a little and it'll come back if you bang on it. You know what I mean? So all if you see it, it might be like, oh, wait a minute, that number just jumped, but then it comes back. You know what I mean? So all these things get experienced over time, right? It's t about time. You know, in everything, there's a time. In your rifle, there's a lock time. There's a personal lock time for you. The time your brain says, hey, we need to break the shot to the time that signal gets to your finger to compress it to break the shot from the time the rifle releases the firing pin, firing pin moves forward, hits the primer, primer uh, blows sparks into the case. 
ignites the powder, the powder begins to burn, unseats the bullet, bullet moves forward, hits the rifling, starts turning, starts heading down the barrel, and finally comes out of the end like a champagne cork, then it takes time to get to the target. So in all of this stuff, there's time. So we have to put that same amount of time to the reviews and the talking about these products. You know, I, I if I go too fast, you miss something. If you, if you, uh, you know, it's like these Tika mags, the Tika mags not working. It's over time. They started to kind of wear in and falling apart. The more you use them, the, the worse they get that kind of thing. So you're up there bending the spring and pulling it out and trying to play with it to, to realign it back. So that front down doesn't dip, you know, cause in my mind, that's where I'm trying to save you guys that money to find the problems. But in order to find problems, it takes time. You know, I got to go and I got to take time to find where that problem is. So that's all. Anyway, you're listening to Frank and this is the Everyday Sniper. You guys stop over to Sniper's High Forum. Uh, some good questions in there and some good stuff. There was, I'm going to hit up some Podbean questions. I saw there was a bunch of them in, um, Let's get to the managed comments. Uh, how did you not know there was a match in Colville? We talked about it a ton. Ma- Matthew uh, Aldridge, he didn't know there was a match. Uh, Crank, have you tried the Super Crony Acoustic? Yes, I don't like it. Uh, the sensors are too close to each other. So I have the Super Crony. I've used it. It's got a smaller little field, and to me, it it works, but it doesn't. It's okay. I guess in a class, it would probably work all right. Fresh batteries and things like that, it might work, but I, I, I own every chronograph, man. I have the Oler. I have the CED, the M3. I have the PVM21. I have the Magneto Speeds. I have the Lab Radar. I have the two-box crony, so... Yeah, I get it. There, uh, There's a gazillion of them out there. I've used most of them. You know, I have, and I have the Super Crony. So let's see. We got Oler 35P, Super Crony, Magneto Speed, all the versions, Lab Radar, 2-Box, M3, PVM. That's seven. Seven. So I think I've used them over the years, a lot of them. Um, but yeah, that, that two box might be okay. Uh, yeah. And this guy's worried about, Ooh, Bobby, Bobby, dude, don't sweat it. They're going to have them by 4th of July, the 30 days. That's Euro Russian, all this stuff, a 30 day delay. The delay was due to Saffron who manufacture. Hopefully we will not have any issues. No issues. They, they're, they're putting a, a complete commercial unit together. 30 day delay on something just announced. It's nothing. Um, Hell, that could be a, a customs issue or something because it's a laser, you know. But I again with with, with the with the Vectronics, the, the thirty. I, I guarantee they're going to start shipping by Fourth of July. Well, I can't guarantee it, but I, I'm telling you, I'm expecting them by Fourth of July. Um, you you know that 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 to me is common in this business is stuff not coming out. Everybody's in such a hurry. This is such an instant gratification thing. Got to have it now. Got to have it now. Got to have it now. Bobby, we've been talking about while we used to wait nine months for our Schmidt and Benders, nine months for our Accuracy International, nine months for anything, nine months to a year for your custom rifles. Now, everybody, if they don't get it in two weeks, they're out of their friggin' mind. They're like, no, got to have it now. I went on the website. I pushed enter and it didn't come. What the hell? Yeah, dude, we're, we're, it's us. We're the problem, not this stuff, man. It's just crazy. That's not how, uh, found the, um, over the ear seal with iPro, found the noise fighters, uh, severe weather. Ooh, we're going to have thunderstorms. Um, yeah, we talked about this already. Q and A. Thanks. You're killing it. Blah, blah, blah. Nope. Thank you guys. And then there's some questions in the, on the everyday sniper stuff we've been trying to answer in the, uh, forum, if you if guys if you want details and you want stuff you got to come to sniper side forum otherwise i'm giving you one word answers i'm i'm not part of the thing is youtube and stuff like that is advertisement facebook is advertisement i have a website i have a forum i'm my own social media thing if you want to interact come there that's where i interact that's the whole point of me doing that. Why am I paying money to maintain these things if it's just a case of go to Facebook or go to YouTube? That's not what I'm doing. So 
If I only give you a kind of a half-assed answer, it's because you're asking me on a platform that I really don't want to support that I'd rather just use as advertisement for my own. And, you know, call me selfish that way, but that's how it kind of goes. So anyway, that's that's what's going on with that. But I appreciate you guys following. I appreciate you listening. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to get it knocked out. I'm going to be doing some of this stuff while I'm there. I'll, I'm going to podcast some stuff with some people. I'll I'll have the Vectronics in the field, on the range, doing the, the match. And so what we'll do is we'll be able to look and say, hey, you know, how does um how does it work? Under a condition you are most likely gonna see. And I and I don't have to try to recreate it. I'm actually gonna do it. So thank you uh guys and see some of you next week at the Colville. And I'll be seeing uh, Mike and some of those other guys, and we'll we'll get him working on some stuff. But uh, I'm gonna be Colville, then Alaska, and then back. So I'm not gonna once I leave this week, I'm really not gonna be back around until the 15th of June. So I'm doing like two full weeks of traveling, and uh, we're definitely gearing up. I just repacked all my stuff today. I redid all my equipment. I looked at all my hardware, all my camera stuff. I'm looking at my um my computer stuff and I'm putting everything in, in fresh for 2018 order for my travel season. So, but thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for sharing 1800, 1800, 2000. We got 2000 guys. You're at 18. We need to 200 people more. If every guy goes to two people and says, follow it, we'll be at 2000 in no time, but no, we're doing great. Everything's good. I appreciate it. And if you got some pointed questions, just come over to sniper side and ask them. You'll get, super detailed one of the guys was asking about like angles and things like that where remember shoot the straight line distance put the angle in your app don't put the corrected range but guys were asking these really really detailed great questions they're getting really really detailed answers because people will take the time and type them out for you and do all that and it's not a case of being on your phone and just doing a hit and run you know if it's something where i'm on my phone it's hit and run if it's something on the computer it's on sniper side All right, guys, you're listening to the Everyday Sniper. Don't forget, hey, thank you for calling Mike on Saturday. He got his first call of the day was an Everyday Sniper listener saying, Mike, what are you doing working? So thank you guys for calling Mike up and doing that. That is super, super awesome that you guys will call him up at work just to say hi. He appreciates it. He's grinning ear to ear. And he's like, dude, because he doesn't, usually he won't hear until like the next day that I've actually done something like this. And so then he finds out that I I put everybody up to something. So I'll come up with in the next like 24 hours before I'm going to be on the plane on Wednesday between now and I'll do a release on Wednesday. I'm going to come up with another prank we can get him with. So I'm going to come up with something really good. So between now and Wednesday, I'll be thinking about it. If you got a suggestion, give me a PM. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Have a great week. And remember, support all those vets out there. Thanks, guys.